Greetings, Earthlings, and welcome to Are UFO Real? My name is Tom, and with me, as always, is Grant. Hail, and well met, sir. <laughs> How are you this evening? Uh, doing well, doing well. And, me uh, too. Yeah, we're still glowing because we just got off the phone with Whitley friggin' Streber. Yeah. Uh, we had a, uh, yeah. We just had a fantastic, uh, dare I say this might be our best podcast yet. Uh, um, our most interesting one, to say the least. And, uh, yeah, we had a, we had a great chat with the author of uh, a new book that just came out called A New World. Uh, you probably know him as the author of uh, Communion and The Greys and uh, Transformation, as well as numerous other books. Uh, yeah, Whitley Strieber, Grant. We had our first interview, and it was with Whitley Strieber. How cool is that? Yeah, that's awesome. Um, and uh, yeah, he uh, he has his own podcast as well. I'll, I'll put the links up here. And he's also got a great website. You know, it's um, it basically archives his podcast that he's been doing since when did he say 97 i believe or 98? i think 96 or 97 yeah quite uh in the in, Back in some the point day, in yeah. the 90s yes yeah when the yes. when the biggie biggie tupac feud was i think it was already gone but anyway that um, was uh i think um mechanical air mechanical animals era marilyn manson uh, that's how <laughs> when, I, that's how i that's how i gauge everything is uh when, when was that 98 97 maybe oh, really? i don't know yeah. I remember that because uh, this will be a small tangent that maybe most people won't care about. But that's when I graduated high school, and then all of a sudden, I didn't like any new music or anything. Even like Marilyn Manson and the new Nine Inch Nails album, I was like, eh, not for me anymore. But they both just kind of shifted their uh, styles. I think. I think that that might be when. Uh, well, anyway, <laughs> Tool was still Tool was still around for me. And, oh, big time! Always has been, always will. For me, anyway. But, Nirvana wasn't really coming out with new stuff at that point, unfortunately. But anyway, so any, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But uh, so in, in light of our in light of our guest, you know, we're gonna eschew our uh, our normal format, uh, which is usually Grant and I bantering back and forth for a good twenty minutes, amusing ourselves, and you know, reminiscing about pre-COVID era. But uh, you know, like I said, we've got uh, we we just had a very amazing, uh, enlightening, and um, interesting. Just an interesting chat with Whitley Strieber. And no matter whether you believe him, whether you don't believe him, whether uh, you believe he's experiencing what he is, or, um, you know, after hearing him talk, I don't know how you could believe he's just making this all up. I don't, I don't believe that at all. Uh, whether, and, and I don't think that's for us to say. At you at our UFO real, we just kind of uh, you know we we put things out there and uh, we're we're armchair ufologists. As, just uh, the facts, Tom. Yeah, <laughs> that was you know that we were actually going to call our show the armchair ufologists, but then uh, yeah. we came up with our UFO real because I think it's slightly more real. Confusing everyone that reads it and saying, shouldn't that be art? Our UFO, UFOs real. But, yeah. Uh, no, yeah. <laughs> no, no, that's not that's not what it's called. It's are you for real? <laughs> totally. Yeah. But so, um, um, 
Anyway, I guess. Uh, uh, I don't know. You got anything else going on? I don't think so, man. I say, uh, without further ado, y'all should uh, listen to our our interview with Whitley Streber. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And um, again, check out his his uh, podcast Dreamland and uh, his his website unknowncountry.com and uh here's us chatting with whitley and thank you for joining us whitley i really appreciate it and um so uh we were uh, fortunate enough to have you guys send us a, a copy of your new book a new world and um really enjoyed it um really really interesting uh, it's a lot to uh a lot to wrap your mind around here um i recently just read communion too which i really enjoyed i, I hadn't realized how much uh you know how much it really changed the dynamic and and our relationship with with the visitors or the or UFOs, you know, close encounters. Um, it really uh, laid a lot of foundation for that. It, it feels like, from our experience, you know, we're we're youngsters here, I guess, comparatively. <laughs> but um, yeah, um, I guess uh, I really want to talk about the new book here, though. Um, what um. Would you like to to kind of introduce people to it, or um, what you know? What would you like the the readers to take away take away from the book here? Well, I think that the basic takeaway is that this is a very strange phenomenon. We don't actually know the origin of this, what I call the visitors, but there is possible. There is relationship is possible. There can be relationship. There can be interaction and productive. But there are also elements of danger that should not be ignored. This is a very, very serious business. That Those would be the basic takeaways. Absolutely. Yeah. Do you, Would you recommend for people to undertake this process without... I don't know without proper preparation, I guess, or well, I don't know what proper preparation was would be. I mean, what <laughs> I did was when I realized they were real in some way, I just started walking out into the woods in the middle of the night to try to indicate to them that I was available for more relationship, and that was not easy because I had been treated badly i'd been right. beaten up i'd been raped but at the same time they were real and they were not human as far as i could tell and i thought to myself this is probably going to get me into a lot of trouble but i'm going to try anyway <laughs> because if i sit in my house with a gun across my lap what am I going to gain if I go out there and I get myself killed or God knows something even worse happens to me, then I made a mistake. But if I don't go out there, I'll never know. So that Absolutely. Was where that, that ended up. I mean, yeah, that's, that's one thing. Um, yeah, after your first experience, it's it's hard to believe that you would try and pursue it more. But obviously, you know, reading community, you had quite a bit of, um, it, it was revealed to you that you had quite a bit of past experience too. So obviously you wanted to get to the bottom of it. And, well, I, and I had hadn't this, had, not that I remembered, 
Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, at the time, you know, I had had a lot of experience in childhood that I didn't remember at the time, not consciously. But I, my guess is that that was somewhere in my unconscious, and that that was part of the reason I was willing to try. But boy, I mean, it was terribly hard. I, I'll never forget the first night I did try. I went out of the house at about 10.30 with the plan to walk down to the place where I thought that they had taken me from and mm. in the woods. And um, it was almost impossible to get my legs to work. It was just fascinatingly strange. It, I was so scared that I thought to myself later that it was like um, – must be like that to try to climb a gallows for the last time, <clears throat> you know, maybe even worse because I, I had s was aware of the fact that they could do things to you that had to do with your soul. And we don't really know much about that, but I hadn't been aware of the fact that it even existed in, in any tangible way, but I was by then. So walking out, I got to the edge of the, of our, of our little lawn and, and the woods were there. And I thought to myself, there's just no way you're not getting, you're not getting up. You can't do this. And I went back to the house and, um, that went on. And gradually after three or four times, I finally did it. And I went down into the woods to where I thought it had happened. And it was quiet and very lovely night. I, as I recall, it was uh, must have been a early spring night, March or April, early April of 1986, and um, I sat in the quiet of the woods and thought about what had happened and relived it in my mind. It was um, then I got up and I went back up to the house. And that was the first time I really did it. And I did it many, many more times after that. And gradually over the next few months, they began to respond and they began to come back and they did form a relationship with me, which is still very, very ongoing. It's my life now. I mean, I'm, I meditate with them. They work with me on my books uh, I'm completely, deeply involved with them. There are occasional brief physical appearances, but they're very brief. And uh, that's been a frustration because I've gotten, I have no ability to get uh, like video. I've got surveillance video cameras all over the place here. But mm -hmm. when the visitors want to show up visibly, it, it would be visible to the cameras. The cameras turn themselves off. Or more accurately, they turn the cameras off. They don't want that for, with me. They don't want me to be able to go out with proof now. Uh, and with my luck, it'll probably be somebody else who gets to go out with proof. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but, but they don't want it. And, they, you know, they're really, they're really interested in the relationship and in the work. I've written a book uh, about Jesus, uh, which is the big book of my life now. I just finished it uh, in the past couple of days. And, uh, congratulations. Well, thank you. And it, uh, it's a completely new vision, a completely new vision. It has nothing to do with BS. Like Jesus was an alien, et cetera, et cetera. And all that stuff. Mm -hmm. It is a totally and completely new and very human vision. Uh, 
that arises out of my life as I understand it and the the work I did in in reconceiving the 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 history of of Jesus in um, the context of of uh, the understanding of the world that has come to me through my relationship with the visitors and with the dead because they're there too. I mean, the, the visitors, the the greys, the aliens, whatever they are, they don't have a barrier between the living and the dead like we do. They live in a completely different way, and. Uh, when you get involved with them, gradually you do too. So, you know, I don't really have, there is no real barrier between me and my wife, Anne. And we work together. Uh, I wear both rings now, side by side, mine on my ring finger and hers on my pinky finger to symbolize the fact that we are two souls and now we're down to one body, at least for a while. And then eventually we will have no bodies and we'll figure out that out when, when that happens. Right. That was a beautiful moment in uh, in your in your book, A New World. By the way, I just wanted to say that um, that was one that really stood out to me when you spoke about um, wearing wearing both rings. Um, yeah. Just um, on and you know, just on a on a personal note, Whitley, I know you pretty much have no idea who I am, but I've you know I read Communion in 1992. I was probably about 10 years old. And uh, oh, so you're, you're so you're <laughs> like, yeah. um, I, I found a paperback copy in my house and uh, you so your life has been uh, kind of uh, out there for me to to observe throughout my life. And you, it, it seems like a theme in not just a new the new world or a new world, um, but in all of your books, it seems to be communication. Communication seems to be the one of the big overarching themes that yeah. I've noticed in your books, and not just one-way communication from the visitors to you, but you trying to communicate to them as well. And it's it's it, it seems like I I don't want to say an exercise in frustration, but it's it's very difficult. It's a very difficult process, obviously. Yeah, why um, and, wouldn't and it, it be an exercise in frustration? I'm, I'm sure. curious about that. I'd like to know because that's what <laughs> I feel like. Well, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't. You know, I, I just, I'm struggling to find the words here because, um, as you can tell, you know, we're both native English speakers. We're both human beings, and I'm struggling to convey difficult concepts to you. And it's difficult for me to understand difficult concepts that you're trying to relay from me. So I to me. And so I feel like um, I, I get a sense of hope, though, that you said that that communication is possible and that um, I guess a communion, as you would say, an exchange of wisdom, an exchange of, of knowledge is possible. So if you could speak further on that, I'd appreciate it. Yeah. Well, I, I feel like it's, you know, I'm kind of a middleman in terms of communication. I want to communicate with the visitors, but I also want to facilitate their communicating with others because I'm just one person. And as given that you read my book when you were 10 years old, I'm not going to be here forever for obviously. And, uh, I, uh, I want others to do this and be able to do it. And that's what my website's all about. That's what my whole life is about communicating with them. Yes. But facilitating communication with others 
for between them and others and 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 trying to give give some idea of what they what seems to me that they want because i mean they're not here for no reason they have may they, they have maybe have uh, altruistic reasons but they also have reasons own for wanting to be here they they have something they want and understanding what that is and trying to deliver it has been a very major part of my life and explaining it's a big part of a new world in fact because right. uh, unless we can figure out how to respond to their presence it, it is not going to uh it is not going to uh uh this isn't going to work and i want it to work i want it to help the human species because if they are aliens and i think there's a good possibility that that's the case then there are these things about them they have mastered gravity they have mastered travel between the stars they have mastered the relationship between the living and what we call the dead they have mastered knowledge and they understand not only the nature of the universe but the nature and aim of the soul now when you think of those things you think to yourself gee having a relationship with them would really be valuable <laughs> yeah <laughs> i i want that to happen i want it to happen that's on the one hand. On the other hand, what I think they want from us is to share our innocence in a sense. Um, I have seen of them that they have enormous knowledge, but they lack spontaneity simply because they know so much. However, when they are in communion with us and sharing the human experience, every moment is to them is just like every moment is to us. Every moment is always new. We live in an ocean of the new. They live outside of it looking in. And the chance to join us in the soul and in consciousness and share our wonder is absolutely i think why they are here but that sets up a, a conundrum for them because if they don't help us then we probably are going to go extinct or have such a dieback here over the next 25 or 50 years that it's going to be there's going to be much less going on it won't be as rich for them so, right. but if they show themselves, then we're going to turn toward them and completely forget our own journey. And, you know, we're going to be looking for everything from them. And so that's called cultural colonization. And they don't want that. I know they don't want it because of the way they, they, they have worked to not let me end up getting culturally colonized. That's why they spend so little physical time with me. And also, uh, they don't want me to be uh, a spiritual supplicant either. They want me to be on my own journey. They don't want me to lose my free will to them. 
So, you know, how do they pull it off? How do they find the balance between uh, it's showing themselves and keeping the relationship, keeping our end of the relationship spontaneous and real? It seems almost, um, you know, to, to crib from one of my favorite bands of all time, this band called Tool, uh, it seems almost as if you're being used. <laughs> I, I don't know if you being used is the proper word, but you're acting in almost as a Rosetta Stone between. Yeah, I am and, being used. I, 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 the minute I started going out in those woods, I said, I was saying, yeah, use me. Let's figure out together how to make this work. And use me as the guinea pig because I'm here and I'll do it. I'll try my best. That was that's basically the, the bargain. So, do you think it's it's a would you would you think uh, I guess as a conduit or as a as a as a translator of sorts or how how would you characterize it? Demonstration. My life is there to demonstrate a way of relating to them. And there's many others, I'm sure, many other ways. But I'm trying to make my life a demonstration of how to relate to them. And that's what, what I've learned about doing that so far is what, what, what it comprises a new world, basically a new world. If you can take it, which means if you can bear it, if you can rest it out of their hands and if you can make it real for yourself. Absolutely. The, uh, it's quite a challenge, yeah. As kind of what what Tom was saying earlier, I mean, um, all these problems that I think you're referencing, I, I know that you have a deep concern for too, like nuclear proliferation and uh, environmental catastrophe, which which seem pretty big. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, and it, it's so hard to have commun you know communication between human beings in general. It seems like on a on a grand scale. Um, but uh. Even even human beings. That's that's one of the the frustrating parts. Is even human beings from uh, fairly similar circumstances who were born in fairly similar, like even raised in similar upbringings. Uh, it, it's you know communication is 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 our gift and our curse. It seems like it's it's one of the things that separates us, I guess, uh, from 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 other creatures. Is our the way yeah. we can articulate our feeling. Exactly. It, it, it is, um, we have the ability to move our attention. We can, we can observe the world and think about it. And not only that, we have a wonderful mind that can figure things out. And, you know, we've, we've understood our world through science very profoundly. And we also have rich spiritual lives. This is a very rich thing that's going here. There's nothing wrong with us. We're just terribly difficult to live with. <laughs> Agreed. Know, you know, the visitors are very hip to on the environment. And mm -hmm. so my website's not, not unknown country is not a, a, uh, a, uh, uh, political website. So I don't go into politics very much. But the politics have become so intense in the past few years that to be to to fulfill their wish that I that I point out and address the environmental crisis has politicized the website. Mm 
which is bizarre if you think about it. I mean, what's what possible reason could anyone have for not trying to save their own lives? It just doesn't make sense to me. And I don't think it makes sense to them, but it is in fact been turned into a political issue basically by people who want to make money now and in, in the various energy industries, and they don't want to be bothered with the future. I mean, these are all mostly older guys. They're not going to be there. So what do they care what happens? What they do care about is the fact that they're, they want to make money today. And that's human nature. It's nothing new about that. And there's nothing particularly evil about it, but it turned into a political issue. And it was very strange when I wrote, uh, Superstorm with Art Bell, it was not so much a political issue. People were, everyone was one degree or another concerned about these things. And then it became a huge political issue, basically, after Al Gore became the spokesperson for the environmental movement, because he was a Democrat and had been a presidential candidate, he politicized it by his mere level of concern. You hit it right on the head, right there. And it's unfortunate that that happened. And uh, now we're in a situation where we're, they're telling me that, you know, we're, we're, we're in terrible trouble because of methane outgassing in the, in the, uh, under, under the ocean in the Arctic that is apparently going to increase tremendously over the next 50 or so years. And I don't even know if we'll even be here after that happens, frankly. And, you know, I fault them in a way for not acting, but yet at the same time, my impression is that they figure that if we don't want to survive, then it's not their business. They'll let us go. I don't know if you can answer for them, really, but um, do you think going with the the theory that they're seeing us kind of destroy our planet and perhaps ourselves and if not most if not all but most other living creatures that are alive right now on the planet um would you say that would you theorize that they've probably seen this cycle go on before and on other worlds possibly or i'm not even no. sure if you really think they're aliens or, or look multi- if you dimensional if, beings or? If, if you're with them for only just just a minute or less than a minute you will know right away Looking into their faces, they have a lot of history of their own. And whether or not they have trashed their own planet, I don't know. If they even started on a planet, if that's what this is even about. But I do know this. They have history all right. And they don't like me bringing that up, which I have done. They would like to believe me to believe that their history is angelic and perfect but they're not they'd like they'd like to think of themselves as something other than what they are and so would we everybody would would i don't want to i don't want to look up back across the incredibly bloody history of mankind and identify with that my as as my history i want to think of myself as a spiritual seeker and a uh a, a follower of the the message of the Beatitudes and things like that. I don't want to think of myself as the as the heir of the hundred years of war and the Holocaust and 
the collapse of the Roman Empire and all that stuff. You know, and I guess they're the same way. In any case, they have a history too, believe me, whatever they are and wherever they come from. So, I, you know, and they, they might as well, they, they're well aware of the fact that I know this and understand this. And I have not gotten one iota of information about their history. Right. Uh, so that tells me that there are things about their history that they don't find very palatable. Otherwise, they would be showing it off, wouldn't they? Right. And yeah. one thing that 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 stuck out um, <clears throat> in in reading a new world um, is you mentioned that they um, that they would essentially have have very little to gain i mean essentially nothing to gain from us in terms of knowledge um no nothing it would it would pretty much be a, it would pretty much be a one-way street uh in terms of you know any kind of scientific knowledge or any kind of um uh i guess academic knowledge uh would be they're, would be a not, purely one-way street they're, they're not definitely not going to want to engage in trade with us. We're not going to be able to send them cell phones and get something back because they're not going to give a damn about it. Um, you know, I mean, would, you're not going to be able to trade with a chimpanzee. It's just not going to work. You're not, you're not going to be able to sell him a car because there's nothing you can do to enable him to understand the least little thing about a car. Nothing. You can't. And so they're in that same situation. They have, we have, I, I know a lot about the materials that we have. And I also know that we do not know how they work. Uh, we have a few ideas. But there are things about those materials that are so far beyond where we are that it's hopeless. I mean, it's just, for example, some of the stuff that's in the public domain now is uh, uh, information about um, uh, some metal that was analyzed for its isotopic ratios. And there are, the isotopic ratios in this metal are not of this world, of Earth, and they're not even of this universe. So where did they come from? I held this in my hands. Uh, I've got some of it in my drawer in my office here. I, and uh, I've, I've literally have held it in my hands. But what is it? And why is it like that? Right. And that's not all. I mean, there's much more that is incredibly mysterious. Uh, uh, like these things that move around with such dr drama have no motive power whatsoever. There's no motor. There's nothing. And yet, when I've been close to them, I've heard something moving inside in all kinds of different ways. So there's something that rotates in them, but I don't know what it is, and nobody else does either. Because what we have, there is nothing like that present. There's no motor. Right. Um, so, and it'll come out sooner or later. I'm, I'm, I'm talking about it now because I've known about it for a long time. 
I know about a lot of things, and uh, I, no, I don't have a security clearance. I can talk about whatever I think is appropriate to talk about. And the, I'm telling you now that it will come out eventually that we do have some materials and that are they're very strange and we don't understand them. Um, and I think that the I think that it's not far from the news breaking about the materials. I I don't think that I think that TTSA is definitely heading in that direction. And so, um, and President Obama the other night on um, uh, Stephen Colbert did not deny the fact that we do have materials. He was. He, it, it, Colbert asked him straightforward, and he said that he could he he couldn't say he could not say talk about it. But yeah. and then Colbert said, "Well, if you're saying you can't talk about it, you're not saying it doesn't exist." And Obama was simply silent. That is to say, it doesn't. <laughs> which bring, which brings up a fantastic question: What do you think the role in of government should be in terms of? Um, do you think there should be entirely full disclosure or do you uh, think that, I mean, do you think, do you think we as a society can handle it I, as a human society? I'm not just talking about America, I suppose, as a global well, society. There are things that are going to be real hard to handle, I can assure you. Um, and as far as the issue of disclosure is concerned, that has nothing to do with us. The visitors are making all of the decisions infinitely carefully. Uh, I mean, people complain about the government and why don't they say this and that they are not in a position to say a single thing that the visitors don't want said uh, there. The, and they may not even understand that some of them, they may think they are acting on their own, but they're not uh, uh, others who are deeper into this know it, how it actually works. But right now, uh, we have a situation where, for example, we've been trying and the Chinese have been trying and the Russians have been trying to crack the secret of gravity using what we know about these things. But we've been trying for years and years to do this and have gotten not very far. Uh, we tried, um, the United States tried making a, a well i am getting down a, going down a road i don't want to go down now because uh, i can't prove any of this it's nothing nothing particularly weird but they tried to make a flying saucer let's put it this way and they spent a lot of money on it and didn't work um okay. they they could not duplicate they tried to work backwards from what it what they could observe of these things functionality to work backwards from that to something that we could do in other words, uh, they built a, 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 a plane that could turn on a dime and uh, could uh, not – it couldn't float on gravity, but it could, it could float at high altitude on the Earth's magnetic field and do all kinds of cool things like that. But it cost a lot of money, and it went nowhere. It was called the Aurora Space Plane, and it was a big deal for a long time. And now the Air Force denies it even existed. Mm -hmm. uh, and as far as I know, it went nowhere. I mean, it, I could always be wrong about that because it, it's it's if it, you know they could have they could have canceled the pro. It looks to me like they canceled it, but 
I'm not sure. I, I don't, I think they did though. Uh, and, um, one of the things that has happened is this, and I point this out in the book, the visitors want us to feel a sense of empowerment in relation to them before they begin to emerge. They want us to have weapons that we believe are effective against them. Uh, because otherwise, uh, th this whole issue of cultural colonization comes up again. And as far as the public is concerned, one layer of information is fascinating and wonderful. The next layer of information is very technical, but also pretty wonderful because we've learned a lot of things about the materials. We, you know, we don't understand how the machinery works, but we do understand a lot about the metallurgy and so forth. Hmm. Um, but then below that, it becomes very muddy because believe, at the next level down, you have the abductions and the reason for the abductions and what that was all about. And you get into some very dark areas and they are areas the nature of which is the public is going to say, well, wh how are we protected? And the answer is going to be, you're not at all. We can't protect you. And that's why mm -hmm. we go right back to being able to create weapons that ap appear to be effective against them. And there's a lot being done on that, and they will not come out until we have things like that deployed. They will not because well, we, the public has to be able to feel protected. And the, the, the governments of the world are in the same boat. I mean, you can't have a president of the United States sit down and say, well, yeah, they're here and they've been here for a long time. And then someone says, well, what about these people that got dragged out of their beds in the middle of the night and raped and screwed with, and some of them even killed. What, what about them? And he has to say, oh, well, we can't do anything about that. That's, that's your problem. That's not what government's about. Government's about <laughs> preventing those problems, and it can't. Right. So it's, you see how complicated this is going to be? But we're moving ahead. Uh, every day that passes, more, is, more doors are open. What Obama did on Colbert was very important. It was a very important moment in this. It changed the it changed the the paradigm, and it means to me that over the next few years there's going to be more and more, and gradually we'll get used to one part of it, and then the next, and then the next. The visitors watch all this very carefully. They're not passive; they're very active and very aware. Like they watch. That I think they probably watch the minds of, of, of people in the scientific community outside of the on the outside of the public side of the barrier to see how they react to all of this. You know, they want this to work, and that's that means that we have to move into it in a state of empowerment. Otherwise, it's useless to them. Well, that makes me think about uh, what you what you were saying in the book um, about TTSA specifically or to the Stars Academy and and just the military approach that we seem to have towards studying the phenomenon um, with them understanding 
I mean, it sounds like they have a deep understanding of our culture. Would you would you say that, or they understand the way things work, basically? But um, yeah, um, I but think they have a pretty deep not understanding a, of our cultural role, right? But they yeah. like to very much pretend they don't. Okay. They, they 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 put on a show of knowing nothing, and but that's only so they can discover more. <laughs> <laughs> But you, you specifically say that a military approach is not the way to approach these beings. Oh, well, for the reasons you just said. Um, yeah, I mean, they, what's the point? As yeah. I've said to many of the people in the military, look, read the – read the uh, if, if you want to deal with this, read the history of the Roman general Belisarius and his campaign in Italy. That will tell you everything you need to know about how to deal with the visitors militarily. Uh, Belisarius, what had happened was uh, the the uh, 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 the barbarians, the Germans, actually had, uh, had taken over Italy in late in the toward the end of the Roman Empire. Belisarius arrived with an army of about half, less than half the size of the armies that were available to the, to the, uh, uh, to the, uh, Germanic king who was ruling Italy. Mm-hmm. And by a process of indirection and subterfuge, he beat this much larger foe successfully even though he also did not have access to the long supply line of the Germans back to back to back into northern Gaul and you read his his the history of his of his campaigns and you see as it's a history of somebody doing a great deal with very little by being fast on their feet and that's how we have to function if we are going to at least give ourselves the appearance of some control over the situation. And, you know, they, well, they want to defeat the visitors. And I said, how can you defeat them? You don't have their supply lines. You have no idea what their supply lines even are. Therefore, you can't defeat them. Forget it. All you can do is control the ground you're on. And they get all pissed off. <laughs> the, <truth. laughs> the um yeah it seems so if if we're waiting for the government or the military aka the military i mean it's it's hard to talk about the government as a huge organization just as as one entity i suppose but um you know we, we discuss a lot how they're not going to come clean about the government is not going to come clean about what it knows until it's in control of the situation. But that seems like somewhat of a catch 22 since they're never going to be in control. I guess <laughs> the only thing they could have is the illusion of control then. Well, it's n- not the illusion. I said, you can control the ground you're on and that's a big deal. That's better than we're doing now. We don't control the ground we're on. Uh, you know, there's, they've made, there's been something going on recently that, that to our side seems like a mistake on the part of the visitors. On the visitor's side, it's a very intentional mistake so that we can learn how to have a to have space that belongs to us. Let me put it that way. I see. And 
and and you know the it's it, it ain't pretty and it seems like war but it's not it's them trying to enable us so that we empower ourselves and uh there's liable to be plenty of fighting and stuff and going on and building of exotic weapons and all kinds of things like that but until we feel empowered they ain't coming so we better hurry and figure out how to scare the hell out of them because otherwise they're not going to come <laughs> i know it sounds crazy but that's the case they will not they will not do this they will not come into contact with us if it destroys their reason for being here and if we become supplicants and and they have to they end up culturally colonizing us even though they don't want to it's useless to them how maybe i'm misunderstanding how can we control the ground it, would it be like on a spiritual level more or well that's or part on of a military it, certainly. level yeah, if mm -hmm. you if you can't if you if you go into this thinking it's all material the world's all material forget it you lose immediately you've lost you've already lost when you started because that's not the case it is also very much of a spiritual process and it is not intangible uh, they've taken me out of my body clean many times. And I can't go out myself because I cut up too much the one time they let me out on my own. So now, now you know, you don't make mistakes with them. If you make a mistake with them, then you don't get a second chance. There are no second chances with them. And yet, the amazing thing is, for me, there are no second chances because they, they don't trust me at all. Uh, they, they, I've tried to steal a UFO. I've gotten out of my body and I went straight to a place that they told me not to go immediately. And, um, but you know, I've, as I say, they've taken me out many times and, um, I know how you are taken out. I know how the relation, the connection between the body and what I think of now as the second body works. And, uh, it, unless we have functionality on that level, we're not really, coming up to speed with them and so far the except for one group of people in the inside on the inside there's no functionality like that and they don't want like even to think about it because it seems so distant from them and uh the people who do have that functionality some of them have suffered extraordinary in extraordinary ways and they're a little scared of it um but i you know i I, I was once taken out of my body to give a message to one of the people who's very powerful in the, in the U.S. government's program. And the message was to basically to empower himself in his soul. In other words, to find an ethical life hmm. so that he could be freer to do this work. And, um, he has a lot of trouble with that because he has a lot of needs and, and, and lusts and things that he has difficulty controlling. He's a very physical guy, but he's also a good man and a lot rides on him. Actually, uh, a lot does, and they like him a lot. They think he's good. They think he's good at what he does. I do too. Uh, but, uh, what happened was he thought to himself afterwards, he said, my God, what do you do about sin? 
And I said, well, the message is very clear. You have to find, you have to, you have to find real regret. You have to really find the part of yourself that, that is, that is, feels regret for what you did. And he said, well, what about confession? I said, I have no idea if that works. He said, well, I'm going to become a Catholic. And he did. <laughs> right. Oh, that I was wondering. Figured, so that's the example in the book, right? You said, yeah, I believe. Uh, that yeah. might be mentioned in the book. But it, I thought to myself that, gee, he's like Constantine, the Roman emperor who became a Christian, but did not get baptized until the day, until right before he died. So he could continue to sin until right until, up until the end. <laughs> right. <laughs> no but, atheists know, you, and boxholes. Finding remorse of conscience is a big thing with them. The stronger and cleaner and more more engaged with the good your soul is, the better off you are with them. Because if you take the dark side to them, they've got it for you, believe me. If you want demons, they got them. If you want angels, well, you better work hard to make yourself interesting to them. Right. So how do you, it seems like we need to, from your understanding anyway, we need to kind of present a united front um, to the visitors as, as humans. Um, and how would you, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, if I'm misspeaking, but um, how, how would you propose we go about doing that? In terms well, of getting every, first, everybody on the same page, and, and we're we're never going to all be on the same page. And if we were on the all on the same page, they would suspect they would suspect that something was up, and they would also <laughs> not believe it for a minute. And they would be very wise, I think, to do that. We'll never be on the same page, all on the same page, um, and that's a big part of the human experience. Uh, there will never be a united front. There's always going to be many fronts probably as many fronts as there are faces, ultimately. And they revel in that. They're here for innovation. They're here to experience the new. And that's why I would never write a guidebook about how to, how to relate to them. Because it's, you know, people will try to do that, and the guidebooks will be meaningless. Um, but we have to, what you have to do in my experience, is you have to really work at your moral life and your ethical life. Love, living out of love, compassion, and humility is the, the three pillars of the soul that they taught me real early on. And the more I've tried, tried to do that, the better my relationship with them has become. The dark side of it, which is another aspect of them. It's uh, like we see it as the dark side, but uh, you know, a, when 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 you anger your dog, I mean, you, you excuse me, when your dog angers you and you shout at him, he sees that as your dark side, and when you love him, then he sees you as that is your angel side, and but it's all you, and this is the same with them, people. Sure. Simple people will say, oh, well, there are demons and angels. Uh, but there's a wonderful movie called Jacob's Ladder. And in Jacob's Ladder, it's about a man who is, has died and is having trouble journeying across the 
gulf between the worlds. And uh, at one point, he is being uh, adjusted by a chiropractor who is really an angel. And uh, the chiropractor says, you know, if you if you resist them, it, they're going to be they, they're like demons. They're tearing and tearing you apart. But if you let it happen, it turns out that they're like angels removing from you all of the regrets of your life and letting you go free. Ultimately, this is all about that. It's about us going free on our own, in our own journey through the universe and, and through the mind of God, which is a very big place and well worth the trip. I, I wanted to ask you that. I, I don't want to ask you to be a, the, a theologist on here for us, but um, <laughs> do you, I mean, speaking of, of relative existence and experience, um, I don't know. It seems to me, um, uh, how do I put this? Um, I don't know. Is there, is there one path to being righteous, I guess, is, is a clumsy way of putting it. Or, well, you know, is there an absolute good and evil? There's always perspectives. And, you know, I, I used to live by the philosophy, you know, do the right thing always, um, because you know when you're doing something that you don't believe is right, you know, whether you're right or wrong. Um, well, and you can't, like you said, you can't you lie would, to yourself, you know. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you is probably the best description of how to be a good person that's ever been uttered by Rabbi Hillel and um, also repeated in different ways in, in the Christian material. Uh, there are many, many paths in this world. I mean, gosh, goodness, I was started out in my spiritual journey with a, a man, um, William Siegel, and his associate, Joseph Stein, who were in the Gurdjieff Foundation, which has uh, 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 been very important to me. And it's a foundation that's basically, it's based on the idea that the human being has the capacity to move and and expand his own attention, uh, and this is and and this inner work is about waking up by doing that. But Mr. Siegel was also uh, uh, involved in Zen Buddhism, and so at the same time that I was learning that path, Anne and I were learning that path. We were also learning the Ten ox herding pictures, which is the path of life in Zen Buddhism, and um, he was a really remarkable man and a lovely, gentle man. Uh, you know, Ken Burns did a couple of documentaries about him that are available on Amazon Prime. Mm -hmm. So, if you have Amazon Prime and you want to go and search on Ken Burns. William Siegel, you'll you'll see them, and you can you can rent them, and they're very worth looking at. And you'll see what what this man was. He was a. But this journey is many many faceted. There's Buddhism. There's all kinds of different traditions in yoga. There are incredibly powerful traditions in Islam and Christianity, and there are lots of non-religious uh, traditions and pagan traditions that that all work toward the same thing. 
which is freeing your soul. For, and you, how you free your soul is goes way back to the teachings that are in the pyramid of Unas, in the, in the pyramid text, the oldest religious text on the planet. You free your soul by freeing yourself from your regrets. Uh, and when you die in the, in the Egyptian tradition, your soul is weighed against a feather. And if the feather is heavier, then the scale tilts and you go off you ascend but if you're heavier <laughs> scale goes down and you fall off and down you go into <laughs> another into another journey of some kind so it's at once universal and immensely varied well i i do want to thank you for your time here um i don't want to keep you too long i know you know, that you're usually busy around 11 here from what I've read. So, um, but, uh, but I want to thank you for your time. Tom, did you have any other questions or anything before we wrap this up? You know what? I didn't, I just think, uh, you know, anyone who's, who's, uh, enjoyed this discussion as much as I had, have should, uh, check out a new world by Willie Strieber. It's a, and my website, unknowncountry.com. And I believe you have your podcast as well. Uh, Dreamland, yes, my podcast Dreamland. is Dreamland. It's been going that's, since 1998. Can you believe it? That's that's what I was going to mention to you. I, I noticed the music on that is, I believe, uh, by Ray Lynch. Am it's I, by no? Ray Lynch, The O of Pleasure. It was chosen by Ramona Bell. Okay, Arch, because Arch I, I, I heard oh, it, wow. and it immediately launched me back into my childhood because my mom had the, the cassette tape called Deep Breakfast by, by Ray Lynch, and uh, uh, it's one of the songs – there so uh, again thank you mr willie streber i i appreciate your time and uh your conversation this is you know grant i'm gonna go on a limb here and say this is the most interesting podcast we've done so <laughs> yeah i think so um yeah i'd love to ask you about implants and and all these experiences you've had and everything but um oh no, there's a lot you. but we i, I want to eat my supper now so yeah yeah absolutely no thank you so much for your time okay really, uh, really we appreciate it have a great night goodbye take care See you later, guys. Love you. Love you, guys. Mwah.